Uh, I thought it would be interesting, uh, I had spoken a little last week about, well, we were actually we were talking about the phases of the Tikkun. If you remember, I said that the, really the, the phases of mankind, of the whole actual history, world history, uh, is really nothing more than the different stages of Tikkun to rectify creation. Uh, we know what Tikkun is. Tikkun is to bring the Vashon really back, his presence back. That's really what it is. To reveal reality, you know. Because we don't really live in a reality that we perceive. So the Tikkun really is to... Is this on? Oh. So the Tikkun is to relive reality. Uh, to, uh, re- uh, that the Vashon uh, should reappear. But the reappearance of the Vashon is so different, obviously, than what he was all thousand years and so on. And also mentioned that the different stages, first stage is pre-Adamic, which means before Adam, which is the Bria with the Olam Hanishamus, and they're all waiting to come down. Then the second stage was Adam for the first six hours. That was the second stage, and he's the one that's going to attempt to do the Tikkun. He failed. Then I mentioned the third stage was his two sons, Cain and Hevel. You know, it doesn't look like that. It looks like it's a, just a passing story, but really, no, but it looks like huh? it looks like, like a passing animal. story. Like kind of animal altogether. It looks like he's animal. Well, wow. it doesn't look like he's gonna do his tikkun. He was a great person, though. He's talked to God directly. Yeah, yeah, it happened to be. But if you read it, I mean, it just makes yeah, no sense. He, 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 he well, committed murder, so you know. That's no, just murder. I mean, such an arrogant murder. I mean, such a crazy murder. I mean, probably, uh, I'm sure we're missing something here. <laughs> anyway, so that would be a third phase, and a fourth phase would then be the, uh, basically the 2,000 years between Cain uh, and Hevel, and then Avram. So that's what, that's number four. Number four. The fifth stage, of course, is the Ovis. The Ovis, and uh, until Martin Terra. And then there's really an interesting a sixth stage, but it's it's so fleeting that you wouldn't even recognize that. It's a stage where the Banshan went to the Umasa and want to reestablish their ability to do Tikkun. Oh, it was for real? It wasn't just a medrash? No, no, it's, it's a real. It's a medrash, but the medrash is for real. Yeah, it really happened. The question is how it happened is a different story. We don't find a record in any history books that God went. So there are different versions of how it happened, you know. One is where, where the Bansham looked at the uh, Umasoyim and he measured the potential for even accepting his offer and he saw no way. And he saw that and they mentioned the different Averas, Yishmar wasn't Zimon, Mesa uh, wasn't murder, you know, Ishka, whatever. Anyway, so that's one version of how it happened, that he measured the potential of even accepting his offer. And another is where he had, in the different nations, he had actually people uh, speaking about the truth, you know, and so on, and they were rejected. However it happened, we're not really clear, obviously, how it really happened. But what is, the, the attempt to reestablish a masake itself is a tukufa. It's a very important tukufa, you know. So what's that, number six? Six, yeah. Okay, so that failed. So number seven is where now the Jews are the ex- so number seven is where the Jews are now the exclusive misakim. They're the only ones. 
and it's no longer given over to a nation. If anybody, I mean, it's open to people, but as an individual, it's no longer a nation besides a Jewish nation that can do the tikkun. Although an individual in any given nation can. No, but they just, they're not, they're not the, in, it's not that they can be misakim. They can choose to join up with the nation of misakim. Yeah, exactly. You're just saying a different word. So in that, in that six, in that, in that six, that six period, then, I mean. Then the, the, then the entire nation would have been granted the power of the Two clients. The whole, yeah, so you would have two clients. Exactly. But at that point, you can't have, you, you can't have that. What was that? At that point, you can't have that anymore. No, it's over. Only an individual can join Kaiserville, but a nation cannot, uh, what do you call it, uh, a nation cannot partner, as they say, with Kaiserville to do the teaching. Was Kaiserville given at this time? Was who? Kaiserville themselves. Were they a given? And I'm just going to see if anybody else want to join up. Oh, yeah, they were given, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They were given, yeah. The sixth stage is Mashiach? Is that when Mashiach? No, no, no. The sixth stage, which I'm saying now, was uh, what I say, it was the others. Yeah, it's the others. No, no, no. The sixth stage was. 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 Before Adam, Adam, Cain, and Hevel, the 2000 years, the Umas Ha'ilam, that's really what it is. Then you had the others, then you had the attempt, you had the attempt for the um, to bring back the Umas Ha'ilam, and then we have the rest of the 4,000 years, where we are now. Okay? Seven stages. Okay? Which is interesting. And they're all predicated on one concept called the Tikkun process. This is the process of Tikkun. And what is Tikkun, as I said, is to bring the Shechina, Divine Presence, into back into the world or back into reality. What is the difference between the stage where Abraham Avinu and his children exclusively do the Tikkun and the stage... What about that stage? Now, what's the difference between that stage and when Kaiser as a Umar, as a nation, um, becomes the exclusive nation? There is no Tikkun. difference. It's, it's the same, right? Yeah, it's Abraham's the same. children or Kaiser Yeah, nation. I didn't distinguish that. I said okay. that, right? I just made that. It was a re-attempt for the Umar Sa'ilam to do the Tikkun. But <coughs> once it was given to Abraham Avinu, <coughs> <coughs> then that just continues until now. So, so what you call is the seventh stage then? Which? You said the seventh stage is when Israel as a nation has the exclusive mission to do the uh, Yeah, I mean, I could say it's it's number it's four. five. Re- right. You know, just continued. Okay. I could say that, but okay. it, 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 it's a significant moment in history, okay, when people are excluded from Tikkun not only do the tikkun. <coughs> it means that they have different neshamas. A goy has a nefesh, but it's not a neshama. It's not like the Jew. A goy has a nefesh part of a neshama, but it's not like a Jew. Therefore, he cannot do the tikkun. You see? And so that's significant when they have to re- remain permanently in that place. That's true. Was that the tikkun? Anyway, I mean, Was that the I'm not going to quibble. You can consider five or seven. I'm just adding because... To me, that's a simple what, is the, uh, what is the relationship between our Avoida, which is to get closer to Hashem, yeah. and the goal of the world to do Tikkun? There is no goal. The world cannot do Tikkun. No. The, the goal of, the, of creation, of Bria, is to, to reach Tikkun yes. on a global level. Yeah. But on an individual level, my goal 
is to get closer to Hashem, or my goal is to do tikkun? Same thing. Why? There are many, it's like a diamond. There are different facets to a diamond. Mm-hmm. You can look at the tikkun in many different ways. You know, you can look at it in terms of that you, you achieve shlemus. God comes back. The universe changes physically and so on. There are many different aspects of tikkun, you know. But essentially what it means, the essential idea, is that you experience the Rav in a way which is not conceivable. That's really Oydim Habo. That's called the Tikkun HaSholeim. Okay? The total rectification of the Bria. You know, there is a Tikkun HaSholeim with the Mashiach and so on. But the real total rectification is when the Rav is completely revealed to you as much as possible, depending on your state, stage, your state. And that's Oydim Habo. So it has to do with me and it has to do with the whole world as well. Yeah, but the Tikkun in... But the, yeah, but the, the... So... But there's a Tikkun in the Bria itself. The Tikkun HaSholem is when the, the Bria has a Tikkun. You see, and that will be by the Mashiach Madawit. Then there is nothing else to do. It's been done. In other words, the actual Avodah itself has been done. The experience of the Avodah, the total experience of the Avodah, will be in Oyim Habo. That's so, that, so you have to divide the two. There's the actual <coughs> job, and there's the reward for the job. So the job itself ends after the year 6000. That's it. It's over with. But the reward for the job will not be felt until Ilm Habo. The real reward for the job. So is that why it's in the that when Mashiach, before Mashiach comes, it's going to be preceded by Golumago, where it's going to be like God? Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's part of the, the avoid, yeah. Anyway, so we are now up to seven stages, right? Then there's the last stage. And I would like to talk about that, because we live in very incredible, uh, Times today, what's going on? Shmuel and Edom and so on. You know, we live in what's called the termination phase. That's the end. We are in the termination phase. You're talking about all the loose ends, just to yeah. But you have to understand what the loose ends are. <laughs> yeah, we are time. We are in the term. It means the tikkun has been done. When um, you know, it's like you know what it's like. It's like uh, imagine there's a, there's, there's a play. There's act one, act two, act three. Yes? Most plays have three acts, maybe two acts, whatever. There's a plot, there's a development of characters, and there's a background, all kinds of stuff, right? And then an act usually is divided by scene. Scene one, scene two, scene three. That's the way plays are divided, right? So the termination phase is act three, scene three. What, what kind of, what did, what, right? Everything falls into place. <laughs> well, what it is, but you have to understand what does it mean to form place? The Terminators. The Terminators. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Termination, so that, that, that is a phase at the end. You know, the Tikkun is like 95% done. So therefore, what's the main focus? So the focus is always to do the Tikkun. But here the focus, the Termination phase, is to bring the Mashiach. And that requires certain requirements. Certain things that have to happen. So there's two deals here, as they say. The termination phase is the finishing of the tikkun process itself. And as part of that, 
it's also to, to allow the Mashiach to enter and to begin the last kufa. Are, are we racing against the clock? Is it a thing that like... Racing against the clock? What I mean by that is, there, is it an Indian for us? To, I mean, there always is, but is, there, is our job now to try to bring Mashiach before the ace? We will not bring the Mashiach before ace. It's going to come an ace. Why? Maybe it's the last week Okay, if you're an optimist, fine. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. I'm not an optimist. Not that type of optimist. Unreasonable optimist. You know what? This. He's asking when is the time? Because the requirements are just too high. Ace was. Who? What you said? Ace. I don't know. Oh, ace means in Mashiach can come if Kaiswal does tshuva, repent. So we can bring him based on our acts. But what happens if Kaiswal doesn't do tshuva? then there's a time that's designated that he must come by then, no matter what. So that's 6,000? No, no, no. Hold on. That's the count ace. Ace is the, the designated time period in which he must appear, no matter what we do. Okay? So he's going to come. So it's Beito or Achishana. That's the idea, you know? And the interesting thing is that even Beito can be Achishana, can be speeded earlier. You know, so let's let's say Beito is in ten years from now, so that also can be moved a little earlier. But Beito means that it's the designated time that uh, uh, he must be here by then, no matter what. And the Bashan will do what it takes to play it to get him here. So now, and the Reb the Reb is not optimistic that he'll come before the time. That he, I am not optimistic that he will come after Shana. Well, the requirements are too great. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't look that way. I mean, I, I, I should be wrong, but it doesn't look that way. Now, the termination phase itself is subdivided into three subphases. Okay, what are the three subphases? First subphase is called Ikvasid Mishicha, footsteps of the Messiah. The second subphase is called Aschalted Gula. Beginning of redemption. And the third subphase is called the Moshe Mashiach, the Messianic era. Okay? You have three subphases. Okay? Uh, now, what are they? Aschata de Gula, I will tell you now, basically, began in 1840. Not Aschata, what am I talking about? The Mashiach. I'm Zionist. Yeah, I need more coffee. Ikvis the Mashiach started me. I'll vibe. You know. Ikvis the Mashiach started in 1840. We'll get into why and all that kind of stuff. Right now, yeah. Uh, what is Ikvis the Mashiach? Ikvis is called the footsteps of the Messiah. What that means is that the Mashiach is so close that you can actually see his footsteps before they dissolve back into the mud where you see nothing. You know? When, when, when you're very close to a person, you can actually see the imprint of his footsteps. You know, the mud, whatever, he steps, you know. And then it dries up, you don't see anything. So, Ikvas Mashiach, we are so close to Mashiach that we already see his footsteps. We already see the signs. And what, what, what does that translate to in that time period? Right. The second thing, okay, is Aschalta de Gula. Okay, the Aschalta de Gula, basically, is when Mashiach ben Yosef is born. That's really what it is. That, and even that has two sub-phases. Sub One is when Mashiach ben Yosef is born, the real Messiah is born. 
And the second thing is when he knows he's the Messiah. Because the Mashiach does not know who he is. Like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know who he was until 80 years old. Maybe, you know, maybe he had thoughts about it. We don't know. But he was, you know, he had no idea who he was until the snap. He was 80 years old, old man, you know. Um, so therefore, the Aschat Gula is first when he's born, the real, the one who will be Mashiach. And we're looking here about Beitoy now, right? When it will come in, you know, you know it's, he is born because it's going to happen. And the second thing is when he is made aware that he is the Mashiach. Every generation is a Mashiach. Yeah, but... Uh, he doesn't know who he is. That's he doesn't right. know who he is. No, no, if it's not Beitoy, he won't be crowned, in that sense, right? He won't be crowned, and that's the end of it, and finish, you know? So the real Mashiach is Mashiach Yosef, you think? First one. First one. Yeah, he's the real Mashiach, but he's the first one. You see, so that's Aschata de Gula. And the next thing, Yemaisa Mashiach, is Mashiach Ben David. He arrives. And that is the real Messianic era, because that's the era that you see Nisim. You know, even though the world still has Teva, but it's where you see incredible miraculous. That's when Klai Yisrael, nobody has to work anymore. Everybody is a every, everybody in Klai Yisrael is a Novi. Imagine that. You'd be a Novi, you know. Everybody has incredible prophecy. Uh, it's, in fact, it says that prophecy will be so easy to acquire. You know, like it's taking like a hair out of milk. It's like nothing. You just have to sit down and there you are. You're a Novi. You're a Novi as big as all the Neviim. No problem. It's an unbelievable thing, you know. That hasn't started yet. No. no. <laughs> That's for sure. Although there's some people that think they for, are. For probably. some of you. For some of you. <laughs> yeah. We can direct those to Rebbe. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other part of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, yeah, so, so, so the Yemosim Shift is, is a time that is just beyond belief. Wait, so 1840... I mean, when is the period when Mashiach has to have been born? Are we in the point right now? Well, that, that, wait, wait, wait. So the question is where we're located now. So I told you as a starting point, 1840 starts the Eucharist of Mashiach. And I'll talk about it. That's the Industrial Revolution. Or Who? Industrial Revolution. A lot of stuff, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff. Some of the Orkane never said it happened in the 1400s already. Who? The Or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, wait. So you have, and then, so the, 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 so the question, so you have that start. The question is, okay, what about Aschat the Gula? Is the Mashiach born? Is he, does he, is he alive today? The one who will experience the Be'itoi? Maybe. You know what I'm saying? I think yes. The question then is, does he know who he is? I don't know. I don't know. Because you have to understand who he, what he is, what he has to go through to understand, you know, does he... Had the time come when the Bansham says, You're the man, like he said to Moshe Benam, you know. And Mashiach uh, Ben Yosef's Kufa is a certain amount of time. And after that, then Mashiach Ben David arrives. You see, basically, that's it. And then you have the Messianic era. And then the world ends in the year 6000. End meaning? What? What does end mean? What does that mean? What does end mean? Oh, it ends. Over. It's over. <laughs> What do you think? It go on forever? <laughs> nothing. Only diamonds are forever, and nothing else is forever. <laughs> right? So, to give you a more greater view, so what happens after 6,000? 
So that's called the Elif Hashvi, the 7,000th year. 7,000th year is interesting, Kufa, but the main idea of the 7,000th year, there's a, there's a lot of stuff, but the main idea of the 7,000th year, so the Mashiach ends in the year 6,000, which, by the way, is the English year 2240, if you need a date. By the time 2240 arrives, we are in what now? 2014. Right? So in 2240, which is what? A few more generations. 226. 2026 years to go. Not much. By the world's cheshbon, it's not much at all, you know. Um, in 226, if you go backwards, how was that? 1776? It's the like, American Revolution, you know. It's nothing. Just think about it, you know. So the world ends in the year 6000, okay, and uh, number one, and the Elif Hashvi, the 7000th year begins. What happens there is that the entire, all the Nishamas that will live, okay, are removed. Well, actually what really happens is the Yom Hadin HaGolva Neuro, the awesome day of judgment. And boy, is that going to be a spectacle. Why does it have to, there are three judgment days in a person's life. Every Rosh Hashanah is a judgment day. You know that, right? When he dies, there's a judgment as to, because he's in the middle of a job. Does he have to be in his galgal? Does he have to go back and to reincarnate? And then the last, but, then the last judgment day is 6,000. Why? Because a person is judged not only what he does, but on his acts and his influences. If a person was a great man and influenced so many people to do toil, right? then that's all accounted for his merit. So we don't really know where a person stands until the end. You see? So at that point, there's, no, there's no, no place to reincarnate. No, then it's over. There's no reincarnation. It's over with. So therefore, the sum total of a person's actions, everything, whether good or bad, will be decided on that, and then his place in the future world is determined by that. If he will have a future world, and so on. Is, is determined. Then in the 7,000th year, what happens after 6,000 years over, the entire physical universe is destroyed. Gone. And what happens is the universe begins to retransform. Changes. It changes into a, a more spiritual plane, you know, and so on. And, and, and so therefore, that takes place, the 7,000th year, the 8,000th year, in the 9,000th year. There's a transformation or retransformation for 3,000 years. Okay? That's what happens. And by the 9,000th, the end of the 9,000th year, which is the English year, 9,001, so to time. speak. Who? There's still time? Yeah, whatever. What's the difference? Time. You know, rush. And the way it goes, yeah. It's infinite, so what's the difference there? But by the time, so you have from 6 to 7, from 7 to 8, from 8 to 9. Starting from the 9,000th year is Oilem Haba. So even after the world is over, you still need another 3,000 years. But it doesn't make a difference anymore. The, the main thing is to get away from, is to get into the Mashiach Medovin. Then, then, then it's all over. It's an autopilot afterwards. Yeah, then it's all autopilot and exactly, it just automatically happens and so on, you know. So all the Nishamas are taken off the planet. I mean, wherever, whatever, and that's the, that's the, the, the Kufa called Chat Chorov, that Were the entire world, the earth is destroyed, yeah? Were there worlds before this? 
they were, but they were spiritual, not physical. Yes, there are. There's a whole Kabbalah uh, talks about an entire sequence. I would need to give Shin Kabbalah, you know that? Mm-hmm. Do you want to share Kabbalah? Yes, sure. Yes. Yes. sure. Wow, yes. bigger resounding. Sunday mornings. What? Mm-hmm. Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings. <laughs> Anytime. That's something to think about. Anyway, uh, Kabbalah recognizes a series it's of events. <laughs> it's an involvement of the universe. And uh, so really, what this really is, because Oilam Haba was the first thing created, right? Oilam Haba was the first thing created. And then that was sort of degraded into Oilam Hazir. What, what this really is, the reversal. Once a Tikkun has been complete, then Oilam Hazir, it now retransforms. It, it's, it, it just, it's the opposite. It now goes up the stages that went down, and now it reverses and goes up. And by the, the year of 9001, we now have Oilam Hapo. You see. So the fundamental phenomenon that takes place in the, that time is called Zikuch. Zikuch means purification, which means the physical universe is purified. You see. So the universe is purified in the thousand, the seven thousand here. But the Neshama, the goof of the Neshama, is purified in the subsequent 2,000 years, you see. Uh, so therefore, by the time you reach the 9,000th year, then the world is retransformed totally, including the individual and his body, and he is now has whatever state he's in to experience. Is it still a physical, so to speak? So, they, what? Wait, so there's still some sort of body? The, yes. Yes, according to Kabbalah, there will be a physical body, but it's not physical. In other words, you will have a distinct outer shell where the body will become incredibly translucent. It's like wearing a plastic body, you know? In other words, the neshama will, be, the neshama will totally dominate. And when you see a person, you can see his neshama. What's the point of the body anymore? Because the Russian wants to reward the body for the fact that it, it was part of the Tikkun process. But it was destroyed when the world was destroyed, wasn't it? No, not, no. The world was destroyed, and the world goes through a zikuch. No, so but the body, wait, but the body was not destroyed. The body of a person, which we will retain in the 7,000th year, is the equivalent of Moshe Rabbeinu when he went to Shemayim. means the body is there, physical, but it exerts nothing under the Shema. In fact, it's an equality. See, right now the body dominates. In the Shema, you don't even see any in the Shema. But in that thousandth year, the body and the neshama will be equal. How is it equal if it's not doing anything? So neither. But both of them are sort of like inert. The body is there, like there was no physical drives, nothing whatsoever. But he had a physical body. The zikuch haguf, the purification of the physical body, begins in the eight thousandth year. In the 9,000th year, and then by the 10,000th year, the body is a complete translucent covering of the neshama. And in that state, a person will be in Oilam Habla for all time. So the question is That's the basic map, you know, uh, timeline of before Adam until the 9,000th year. Got that timeline? That gives you a real great bird's eye view of the, the history of 
the creation itself. The the um, the body. I said before that the um, the Ramchal says that the that once the body has the zoema, it has to be destroyed. Yes. And recreated. So then the body is destroyed. That's question one. Question two. Well, that, is, no, no. It, that that's in before the Mashiach comes. When a person dies, his body. Uh, all the other gilgulim that he had, those bodies are gone. Yeah. So then, what's the body? That's a different question. Whether what? What's the body he's going to get? That's going to be in this document? Whatever body he gets up with. Oh, you mean Tchis Mason? Yeah, Tchis, exactly. Of course, Tchis Mason. You get up with a body. That body is yours to keep. So what's Tchis Mason after? So people come in, come in from Mashiach, but the people come into Mashiach. Yeah. So they're going to have to die first, also. Yes. Everybody. And that's that's at the end of six thousand. No, no, Tchis Mason. Is the beginning of Yemay Samashiach by Dover Amal. Uh, so when did, when did the people who walked in, so to speak, to, to Mashiach? Nobody walks in. Nobody's born. All the Mishamas have been born already. Uh, I'm saying, but let's say Mr. Shamas, right? Mr. Shamrazoch to Mashiach. Yeah. yeah. We, now Mashiach comes and we go with Mashiach Territ Israel. Now what happens to us? Because we're in this body, this current body that we have. So what happens no, we, to this body? It's a Mashiach when Yosef Mashiach and Dover. Let's say Mashiach when Mashiach and Dover comes. All the Jews are in Eretz as well. But I'm saying this body that we have right now unfortunately has a zone. Yes. So then, but we, but let's say, so we tomorrow will, we will come, comes. Okay, Return. so we all go to Eretz as well. Right. Right, get discount tickets on El Al. <laughs> right, we all go to Eretz as well. Right. Oh, fine, we're in any Mishiach, And in the, in the, what? Not even Mashiach can do that. <laughs> Not in El Al. <laughs> He'll, he'll resurrect tower air. Anyway, so we we go to Mashiach Eretz Yeah, so in the in the none of this happens. Mashiach Ben Yosef, it's an it's an incredibly difficult time. That's Mashiach Ben Yosef. Yes. He brings us all Eretz Once Mashiach Ben David comes, right? Then, no, no. Then whoever's alive when he comes mm-hmm. dies. For two hours, and for two hours, every two hours you get up, because you know when Chiyusim makes him happen, whoever's dead will get up, and whoever is alive Recently. will die, and Zoyma disappears. Come up with nobody without Zoyma, yes. So basically, it's, it's but like Zikuch. Zikuch. Yeah, but Zikuch. Yeah, so I this okay. Yeah, but Zikuch will not happen until <coughs> until uh, the eight thousand year. Uh, it was once I read that this there was like this collection of accounts of um, uh, uh, dibukim, you know, the, the situations with the dibuk. Dibuk, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so each each account had one thing in common, where like wherever the, the dibuk usually would stay in the in the stomach area or something like that, and the stomach would be swollen. So the author was inferring from that 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 the dibuk, that the shama, whatever it was, had some mass, had some sort of Physicality to it. it. It was mostly. It was, and also when it left, it would, it would be through the, be through the nail. Yeah, it was probably. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a nefesh tachtoina, which is physical. What nefesh tachtoina is? Uh, Every person has a nefesh yoyna nefesh tachtoina. The nefesh tachtoina is a real thing. That's the life force, and that's a physical thing, and that resides in the blood, which we we cannot detect that. It is so subtle. But everything has a life force mm-hmm. that's in Gadam mm-hmm. or Nefesh. And that uh, life force is physical. 
It's not spiritual. See? So it could be that that, that Dibuk, which really Dibuk is really a ghost uh, that can inhabit. So a ghost is not involved in the Shama? No. It's probably, it's not a Shama. Probably it's a... Uh, so it's nothing to do with the person himself? No, it is the person. So, but, the, but the person is still attached I'm to I'm getting the away from what I want to say, bro. I don't think this is like it. That's for the Kabbalah here. Yeah, it's like, you know, you can go all ways with this kind of shit, you know, it's like... No, let's focus, let's focus. I want to, you know, yeah. I'm trying to give you a feel of the tukufus, of what it, what is, what it's all about, and what will happen, and so on. So the one with the, the base of English, you Mashiach and Yosef. Yes. Mashiach yeah. and David comes, and what happens? Well, it's the Goy the War. This is part of the ma- major war, <coughs> you know, with Mashiach. I, 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 There's still going to be a war after Mashiach? And Yosef, yeah. Can we, what's the date subject? Can we focus so on? what's the whole thing with the show? I, what I'm trying to do is... What's the whole thing with the show for you talk about the show? Well, and then you need to stop. <laughs> I, and it's like, a, you know, I, because I, also I'll never get to what I want to talk about. Right. What I'm trying to talk about is the termination phase. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, yeah, sorry. Pull back. Pull back. Um, in any case... So I'm, I'm, so there's a termination phase and sub-phases and so on, and then there's the Chad Chor, which is the Yerav Hashri. You have 2,000 years, and then you have Yerav Harbor. This basically is the entire, uh, what do you call it, timeline of the Bria. Okay? Now, the termination phase, like I said, is a phase that is the beginning of the end. In other words, it is specifically dedicated, even though Tikkun takes place, but we are now looking at, you know, maybe 95% of the Tikkun has been accomplished, and therefore the rest of the time is now devoted to bringing Sheikh and Yosef. That's what it is. So therefore many things, have, many things have to happen. Like a play. A play, you need to change the background in order to have the different uh, actors do whatever they do in any given scene. So therefore, the termination phase, the beginning, the Sheikh, is the beginning of the backdrop background that has to change. That is why in the last 150 years, 1840 to 2014, that is why there's such incredible changes in civilization. Okay, now, what's really tremendous change is the year 1990, Toshinon. Okay, and what has happened since, since 1990 is incredible. It's unbelievable how something in 24 years how the whole world has literally changed in so many different ways. It's 24 years. It's all it yeah, is. Yeah, the Gulf War, I mean. But that is the fall of communism, basically. It's the fall yeah. of the, you know what I'm saying? It's the fall of Germany. You know what I'm saying? Internet. It's the, who? Internet. The rise of the internet, the rise of computers, the rise of the, you know, wireless, you know, the, the, the medical advances, the, the, the speed of science. The technology is awesome and so on, you know. Then you have the World Trade Center bombing. You have the rise of the Arabs. You know, what's happened with it since 1989. That's when the Arabs were the Intifada, the first one. The rise of the Arabs all over the world, you know. Then you have the rise of the Arab You know, Paris, all these guys. Terrible Arab you know. You have that, that rise. And so on, you know. Arab Yeah, Arab is those Jews that wish to destroy Judaism. 
by saying that the Torah is not the central aspect, the Jew, it's, uh-huh. it's the nation that's the central aspect. We can, we can dispense with the Torah. So you have so many different things that have happened, you know, and then the wars that Israel has had uh, with, with all the, the era of Rav Hamas, you know what I'm saying? And then you have the, well, let's say Yishmael rising, and so on, you know. You have the fall of, at the beginning of the fall of Edom, at the beginning of the fall of Christianity has crashed, with that whole scandal and so on. There's a tremendous amount of things that have happened since 1990, whether it be political, scientific, or whatever, and so on. Tremendous amount of ideas that have happened and so on. And all of this is to create the backdrop for the Mashiach ben Yosef, the entry of the Mashiach ben Yosef, you see. And the Rebbe, in the, in, yeah, yeah. In the Rebbe's, um, I know the Rebbe has, uh, I'm saying right on topic, <laughs> uh, in, in, the, in the Rebbe's um, knowledge, the Rebbe's knowledge, no 24 period in history, that before 1990 has there been such dramatic change? Saturated. No, I don't, I don't think so. That's what's happened in the, in, in the 20, last 24 years. Now the question is, why 1990? Are you, are you familiar with the creation calendar? With the creation calendar, are you familiar with that? No? Creation calendar? Calendar. It says that the world will last 6,000 years. That's what it says. But it also says, how many days of creation were there? Six days. There were six days of creation. Yes? Those equate with the 6,000 years. Because it says in Tilim, Elif Shonam Be'necho, that 1,000 years in your eyes is like, 1,000 years in your eyes is like one day in your eyes. So therefore, six days of creation, 6,000 years. And that, that's a very important uh, correspondence of between the creation calendar, which is the six days, and Shabbos would be the seventh, and the 6,000 years, and you notice Chat Chorv, the Yelav Hashvi, is like Shabbos, right? Well, that's the end, that the world is over, the whole avoider ceases. So it's, it's an incredible parallel. Okay. Now, you can look at the, the, that creation calendar, but the most significant time in that calendar is Thursday night. <clears throat> Thursday night at 6 o'clock, let's assume the, day, the night starts at 6, is equivalent to the year 1240. 1240. Long time ago. Right? <clears throat> 1240. So, you have the Thursday night, which is the sixth day, the last thousand, the last day, is equivalent to the last thousand years. Right? When did the, when did the, uh, the uh, Thursday night begin in our calendar? The year 1240. Why is Thursday night so important? Because it's, it's Friday. Friday's Erev Shabbos. So therefore, when Erev Shabbos hits, which is 5,000, 5,000, um, the year 5,000 was the year 1240, which is equivalent to this Friday of, this, of the creation calendar. When that hits, what happened was, is the Hachona begins. When is Erev Shabbos? When does Shabbos begin? When do you begin to prepare? Erev Shabbos. So therefore, the beginning of the Messianic era is preparation. What's called the pre-Messianic era, the real preparation, begins Thursday night at 6 o'clock, which is the year 5000, which is the English year 1240. Got that? The Zoya says 
that in the year 1240, or the year 5000, right? It says in the year 1240 that the messianic light begins to descend. Very important idea. What's the messianic light that descended? And why 1240? Because you now understand. Because that's the beginning of Friday, which is the Hachon of Shabbos. And therefore, the 1240 is the year that the, me- the messianic light descends, because that is the preparation for the Mashiach himself. Got that? What is the messianic light fundamentally? The messianic light is an understanding of physical reality, how it's connected to its spiritual roots. Okay, so there's certain things that happen as a result. First thing is in 1290 was the discovery of the Zoya. The old Mashiach really is Kabbalah. I'll be right out with it. The old Mashiach is really Kabbalah. But it's a Kabbalah of... We, 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 when we look at the Zoya or the Eitzchayim or any of these forms, these forms are skin the surface really what the spiritual universe is all about. It's all surface, you see. So therefore the Zoya was discovered right at that time, the uh, year 1290, and so on. So therefore that was the discovery of the text, and then it began to grow. But what is the Messianic light? Who, who discovered it? The Zoya? Yeah. Uh, well, the Moshe de Leon, he discovered it, and then there was a whole argument about that. But Moshe de Leon discovered the Zoya. There's a whole story about it. what did he really discover? Did he write it? Did he not write it? It's a whole the authenticity of the Zoya. Whatever. Anyway, as far as we're concerned, it's the authentic document uh, and so on. I mean, the abandonment, the Ari, I mean, the, the Vilna Goyen, I mean, believe me, nothing fake could have gone past them. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I'd say, I, and I don't. I, you, God would not have misled Kleisville for eight hundred, nine hundred years if this was a fake document. It, it's so absurd even to think about that. But so in any case, what? Yeah, yeah. The one that was written, I mean, by his Talmudim, but it's the ideas of the material of Rosh Hashanah. And that was 1290. Not bad. 1240. Right? See, but what really came down is the messianic light. What is the messianic light? There's two dinam here. One is the material of the messianic light really is Kabbalah. That's the material itself. What is Kabbalah? Kabbalah is fundamentally the study of the spiritual universe and its connection to God on one side and the physical universe on the other. That's all it is. Kabbalah is a study of what's called the spiritual domains and its involvement, how did it evolve, right? How does it connect to the Barashlam, to the physical, and how does the Barashlam use the Kabbalistic uh, entities and so on? That's really all it is. <coughs> but the real messianic light is not just the study of Kabbalah. It's called, it's a magnifying glass. What is a magnifying glass? What does that mean? It means that what the messianic light does Imagine a magnifying glass. You, on anything you put it on, it will magnify it, enlarge. What the messianic light fundamentally does is it will reveal the ultimate structure of anything it's placed on. It will reveal the premius of everything that you look with that ore. So, if you're into Torah, 
you're going to see the Pneumius of Terra, which is Kabbalah. If you take that magnifying glass and you put it on the Chokhmah of the physical world, it will be science. Science is the Messianic light, but it's the, it's the ore of the Messianic light as applied to the physical universe material. And therefore, all of a sudden, science begins in the year 1240, more or less. Who's the beginning of science, really? A guy named Roger Bacon. Roger Bacon was the guy who broke away from Aristotle, and he began the whole scientific method. And he lived in the year 1240. That's my first guess. Like, oh, what? Was that? <laughs> I was going to say Aristotle. I, was, I would think that Aristotle was the, the, found, the founder of science. Well, no, he was the founder of logic and thinking. He was the founder of science, but that was a primitive science. Aristotle never performed experiments. He's an armchair experiment, you know, and so on. And then they got away from that. that, that and what happened is uh, Roger Bacon formulated the whole concept of a scientific method, how you experiment, how you test, and so on. Aristotle did it all by his thinking, and uh, he was wrong so many times. You know, and whenever it came to science, he was wrong. Anyway, but it, the Greek science was certainly the beginning in terms of that kufa. But remember what the Omashiach is. The Omashiach is the ability to look at any Chochmah and to see its Pneumius. That's the Omashiach. So in the Torah world, in, in the Torah world, there was Kabbalah. And in the Goetia world, there was science. Because that's what it means, that the influence of the Omashiach comes down and will affect both sides. But what also was affected was very interesting. Remember, the concept of the Messianic light is not just a concept of Pneumius. It is a concept of Tiferes, beauty. Beauty is what? Beauty is to be able to not look at things at fragments, but to look at things in its holistic. You see, that's what beauty is, where many different parts come together as one entity. Therefore, the tear itself began to assume a new shape, a new organization. Who was the greatest? And he, Imam, and you see that the Torah began to change in terms of its presentation format. The first one that changed it was the Rif, where he excluded a lot of Gemaras. Then along came the Rambam, and he just did away with the whole format of the Gemara, right? The Mishnah Torah. He restructured the whole Gemara. Why? And the answer is, that's the Omashiach. The Omashiach, once, and the Rambam lived in 1240, once you have this all coming down, it has enormous repercussions for Goyim and for Jews. For Jews, it's Kabbalah, and also to restructure or to change the format of Torah, you see. And that's the Rambam. It's unheard of what the Rambam did. And then for Goyim, it's science. But it's all Omashiach. It's funny, even science couldn't move ahead without the Omashiach. You see? And that Omashiach is an incredible pressure uh, influence to begin to see Pneumius, to reorder everything into its big picture. And that began to grow by leaps and bounds. You see? So that's how it started. The Omashiach and so on. And of course, from that also, Europe began, Europe changed, the world changed from the middle medieval period, and then you had the Renaissance, the world changed radically from primitive, in the middle, from the pre-middle ages, 
and it became the Renaissance and Reformation started and so on. Things change. Anyway, <clears throat> that's uh, Thursday night at 6. Okay? And then it begins to get more and more. And then all of a sudden you have, what do you have? Dawn. Dawn on that Friday. So let's move 12 hours ahead. So that's, that's what, 5,500. What English year was that? 1740. What happened in 1740? Unbelievable. Newton. Along comes Newton, revolutionizes science. He died in 1725. But his influence revolutionized the beginning of science. Newton is the father of modern science. Why? Again, because in the 24-hour period of Friday, dawn, right, was 1740, which is 5,500. That means the ore is coming down in enormous abundance. And therefore, from then, it begins to grow by leaps and bounds. Very interesting Zoya that says, that it says by Noach, in the 600th year of the life of Noach, Niftuchu, the windows of heaven were opened, and so on. So the Zoya says that from here we learn that in the 600th year of the Elephah Shishi, in the 6,000th year, which is what? You know, 5,600. 600 year <coughs> of the 5,000th year, that was 1840. There will be an enormous Ispashtas Chochmah. What is that? The Industrial Revolution. Incredible. The whole world changed. It went from an agricultural society to an industrial society. That's had incredible movements in science. Michael Faraday. All these guys lived, you know, uh, what's, what's his name? Um, Maxwell. Maxwell and his equations, Einstein, and that's like the way all of a sudden in quantum mechanics and theoretical physics, I mean, everything just takes off. It's unbelievable. Because that's the Spashtas The Pneumius of the Bria is being revealed. But what's the problem? The problem is that the Omer Shiach is now focused on Chochmachitzoyna, on Goy, on science and technology. It is not focused on Judaism. The all was switched. The Koshnitz Magid says, on this Zoya, that if the Jews are Zoycha, we will get the ore. And if the Jews are not Zoycha, the Goyim will get the ore. So who got the ore? The Goyim. And that's why you see this unparalleled growth in science. Beyond yes. belief. Science could have gone to either or. It could have gone either way. Yeah. Correct, yeah. But I, I always like to say, we didn't totally lose out. Oh, we really lost out. But there was something that came to us. You know, the question is what, you see. So the Goyim got, from 1840, a, a, a development of science that we've never seen. You know, like I, I say, you know, if you, if, what's the difference between a man who lived in 1840 or a man who lived in 1840 B.C.? Mm -hmm. Not much. You know, different clothing, you know, and so it wasn't much of a difference. But what's the difference between a guy who lives in 1840 and, and 2014? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, what? It's like, it's a different human almost, you know? But that cell phones and computers and, you know, M MRIs and mm -hmm. television and... Spatial, the person, the, the body itself yeah, is exactly. being tampered with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's unbelievable, you know? The body itself is being tampered with with technology. The body itself is what? First pacemakers, but now they're already the starting to wire people up to, to cure the blindness, to cure... Yeah, it's, it's beyond belief. 
So take a look what happens. So so 1840 is what is the is 1840 is is uh, is it's actually it's so on. So science begins to grow by leaps and bounds. It's unbelievable. Why? What makes science grow by leaps and bounds? And the answer is the oragonus. That's what it is. It's the shefa, the incredible power, the energy of that all will make mankind see unbelievable pneumius. And science really is pneumius, where they understand uh, and so on. You know. So that, that's what's been going on. I mean, you know, I mean, between 1840 and 2014, the world is... Let me say there's more. There's more. Now, but we also got something. I have a theory. What did, what did the Jews get? So the Omashiach was going to science and technology and all that stuff. Physics, chemistry. It was just beyond belief what's happening in the, in the Goethe world. And so on. But we didn't get left out totally, although we are a million miles behind the Goethe in terms of that Omashiach influence. What do we get? You know how we got? How we got Rabchaim. Rabchaim Briskederach. He is really, in many ways, very similar to scientific method. Except you don't experiment with Torah because it's not an experiment. But what it is, is the ability to analyze with an extreme depth the principles of halachas and so on. <coughs> that, I believe Rabbi Chaim is the, is the uh, counter to Einstein in that sense. He revolutionized physics and Rabbi Chaim revolutionized the study of Torah in, in, that, in that sense. So, you know? so I believe we got, but... You know, and we're so far ahead, we're so far behind what they're doing, and so on. Anyway, until we get to 1990, 1990 or rather 1989, Rosh Hashanah is Chatzos. Chatzos of Friday, Friday at 12 noon. Wow, the sun sets at 12 noon, and it begins to set, never to rise again. We are in the last, what's called six hours of creation. We are in the last 250 years, in 1990. So anybody who knew this stuff knew that 1990, the world is going to incredibly change. Did it? Wow. In fact, it's been all going on since 1989. I mean, look at what happened. You know, you have computers, you have internet, you know, you have the fall of communism, the fall of Germany. You know what I'm saying? You have that, you know. You have the rise of the Arabs, the Intifada in 1989. You know, in, in every single area, there was an unbelievable change. Why? Because the sun begins to set on the last day, and therefore the Orishan, or the Oragonus, comes down in incredible quantity. And that's why science is growing by leaps and bounds, you see. And we were still, whatever. I see it in a little bit of a scarier way, though. Yeah. Never before in history have we been in such an easy state of to have our society overturned. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. Nuclear, nuclear war. Um, the computer, like uh, just taking it, like uh, computer viruses, all these kind of things, like easily. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that that will that will always be taken. Yeah. Like, well, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, 1990, that's the pivotal change here because it's equivalent to 12 o'clock noon on the creation calendar. And the sun begins to set. 
but the but the interesting thing about that, 1995. But you know, we don't have mincha until sheish v'chetzi, because the sun has to. You know, when it's on uh, the meridian, as they say, you don't see, but you need at least a half hour to see the incline of the sun, and we're past that. We are, we are, we are I think, 12.35 on the... You can actually... 42 years and 8 months is exactly one hour of that. 42 years and 8 months on our clock is one hour on the creation calendar. So, you, you know, and so on, you know. So a half hour would be how much? 42 years is one. 21 years. 21 years and 4 months? Yeah? Yes. So from 1990 until now, what is it? 2011. 24, year, 24 years? So we are past the half hour already. And that's why what you see is incredible. Yeah. So we are really 1235. You can, you can actually calculate exactly. Every 42 years and 8 months is one hour on the creation. So if 1990 is Chatzos, or 1989 in September was Chatzos, by the way, the Berlin Wall collapsed two months later, right after that. Right after 1989, Berlin Wall collapsed on November 9th, 1989. <coughs> that was the radical departure and so on. You know. But in any case, what we see, therefore, is we are now, I think it's 1235, you can actually calculate it, you know. But that's already after Sheish Fachetzi. And that's why you're looking at such unbelievable change. Beyond belief what is going on. The speed of what's happening is just, you know, it's, I hate to use the word, it's breathtaking. <laughs> so, we are Ikvist Meshicha, and we are getting mighty close. <laughs> okay, that's it. So we're meeting next week? Yes. Okay.